Hello and welcome to the No Room for Doubt podcast. My name's Kyra Matthews. I'm a manifestation obsessive and I help creatives and independent business owners overcome self-doubt and anxiety so they can build thriving businesses online. So let's get into it. Okay, friends, thank you so much for joining me today. I have such a fun episode. I'm sat here with the amazing, stunning, draw dropping, photo shoot hopping Katrina Wilson. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Katrina, how are you doing? I'm very good. I'm so excited to be on. I'm like such a um, podcast nerd. So, this has been on my list of things I've always wanted to do. So, I'm really, really good. I love that. Is it weird being on the show? I don't know. It's actually really nice. I think it's actually less scary than being on a live. Ooh, I love it. It feels a bit more um, private, even though it's not <laughs> going to be private. But yeah, it's not that scary, mainly exciting. Okay, amazing. I love that. So before we get into what we're going to talk about today, the juicy gems that we've got, I just want to set the scene for those who don't know who you are. You and I have just finished coaching together. And I say finished, we're not really finished. That Like we're coming back, there's more to be done. But we've had <laughs> the most amazing time over the period that we've been working together. Seeing your transformation from where we started to who you are now and what you're producing, like your photo shoot and all the things you're doing online. It's been so magical and fun to see. So I really wanted to get you on the show because I know that there's so many people who are listening who are wondering what it takes like to make that jump from where you started to where you are now Mm. so for those who don't know who you are do you just want to say a bit about essentially who you are and what you do yeah definitely so I am Katrina and I'm a fashion designer and I'm a huge lover of like exciting and sustainable fashion and I feel super super passionate about slowing down the rate that we consume fashion and the way that brands produce fashion and I really believe that slow fashion is like the future of our industry and that is where the inspiration behind Katrina and Rhee and wanting to launch my own brand really came from. Mm. So with Katrina and Rhee I get to create really exciting and beautifully bold and like unique pieces that are made very slowly by mixing vintage textiles and garments and repurposing them and combining them with my own colourful print designs. Mm. So every piece is kind of like a one-off or super limited edition. And I think it's probably the absolute opposite to fast fashion. Yeah. <laughs> and that's <laughs> that's kind of what I find really inspiring, is it's, it's a way to consume fashion really differently. You know, everything is very special, so you're not going to find somebody wearing the same thing. Mm. And that's kind of the inspiration behind, yeah, everything that I do. Mm, I love the process that you go through of literally like going into charity shops and repurposing things. And I think definitely it's the thing that I wish I could do or did. Mm -hmm. Like I always see things and I'm like, oh my God, it would be amazing to do something with that. And then I just never get the time. So it's really fun to like, that is like the core of your business and the core of your brand that you mix and match all of these things. Yeah. So your history or like your background is that you had like, a fun job as a fashion designer in traditional fashion Mm. what about your experience working with some of the brands that you've worked with what about that made you realize that actually I don't want to work 
in a traditional fashion brand, I want to do my own thing. Because the jobs that you had were kind of like coveted jobs. Like if you go to university, like you had the job that most graduates want. So what made you be like, okay, I think I want to do my own thing. And I think it's going to be this. Hmm. I think a few things when I was studying because I studied a master's at LCS Mm. and at that time I was like I definitely want to do something for myself I always knew I didn't want to do this huge be this like huge corporate business owner (laughs) (laughs) that's just not me but I kind of thought definitely I'm quite like strong-minded in my vision and I, I kind of knew that I'd always be you know when you know you'll be disappointed if you don't do something yes so I always kind of had that and then I started working for different designers and I thought oh my god I don't want to do this like everybody's so stressed yes nobody like they're enjoying it it's all about sales and constant newness like even when you've just built this amazing collection like literally the next day it's like right next season go do you know what I mean there's no it's like almost unnatural the pace of it Mm. so then I kind of went through a couple of years of thinking no way I'll I'll you know I'll do this for a few years and then maybe I'm gonna have to go and do like something else that isn't fashion because I don't know how I'm gonna keep up with this kind of momentum Mm. so and then I think it was really COVID and like I lost my job and got a chance to kind of step away and I think it's that feeling of redundancy when you realize that nothing's really safe Mm. you know no job you can't predict what's going to happen so actually being self-employed is not perhaps as scary as it might seem you know when you are employed so I think that was really like an opportunity for me to kind of turn everything on its head and it was such a great time for small businesses like that I was following on Instagram and they were just proving that there's a different way to do it you know you don't have to be this designer that's trying to get into London Fashion Week and build this huge brand and be in vogue you know that's kind of almost the image you're shown when you're at uni like if you want to do your own brand you need to be super successful with it Mm. like in that way successful and I just don't think that felt relevant for me anymore so being you know in the small business like seeing so many people do it differently on Instagram that was really like a turning point for me and I think the other thing was working in industry you know being passionate about sustainable fashion and wanting to produce in a way that isn't all about profit that's really hard to do (laughs) in the traditional industry especially as like a small cog in a bigger business you know yes you can say let's source this organic cotton and like it might happen for a season but unless a brand is really driven by that it's kind of always very hard to get your point across and that can be very tiring I suppose and I think I thought you know there are so many great brands doing sustainable things in London that I would love to work for but what am I going to wait for the designer position to come up there like that could take years yeah totally I love this like picture that you're painting of like all of like your circumstances aligning Mm. for like this to be the perfect time for you to launch your business and to like do the thing that you had when you were doing your master's. So it's 2020, you were made redundant. You saw all of these small businesses launching and doing all these amazing things. And it sounds like you were creating this bank of evidence of, okay, it's possible. Something else can happen. I could do Mm. this. What happened next? Because I know that your brain was a bit like yeah okay (laughs) you had a little wobble there so do you just want to talk about like what were the challenges that you faced Mm. 
as you were getting started in like the early days of your brand? Yeah, I think it's so hard. I think you go through so many different phases. Like obviously <laughs> to start with, you're like, oh my God, I've done it. I've made an Instagram. I've, yes. You know, I, obviously I spent a lot of time building up to it, you know, thinking about just the design. And that was the part that I was used to. So it's funny because that's probably been the least stressful part. Yeah. Like actually creating the physical collection, you know, getting it. So like all of those bits, which for some people might be, they might be the challenges, but that kind of all happened. And then I was like, wow, now I've got to sell this collection. And I think that's when I was, my brain was freaked out. Mm. (laughs) And your brain kind of steps in and says, you know, is this what you want to do? You want to put yourself out there like that? Re- like, really? Because that's going to be... A you know, you're putting yourself. Yeah, you're putting yourself out there to be rejected. Yeah. And it feels so real. And I say this all the time. It's like, if you creativity comes naturally to you, like you will just spend all your time in the studio because the mm. other of the other thing, like posting on Instagram, doing Instagram lives, promoting, seems so hard. It seems Mm. so scary because it's so unnatural to anything we've ever been taught, especially if you've come from a place where, you know, the company that you worked for, they just had a sales and marketing department that you just like made the stuff and you handed it to someone else to make. But as a small business, it's like you get all this freedom and all this opportunity, but you also do have to step in to this challenging part of like being the face of your brand Mm. and selling it. Yeah. And I think you really have to keep going through all of that time in the early stages where you feel like nobody's looking and you feel Mm. like no and nobody is buying because it's early days. Mm. And, you know, you understand, you hear everybody telling you, oh, you've got to build the trust and it takes time and you get it. But you're also like... Well, so I'm just going to keep going and get nothing back. <laughs> and I think I was thinking, and this is probably where I was at when I first spoke to you, Kyra, like, yeah. how long am I going to go on for? Do you know what I mean? You kind of want to make like a panic plan in your mm-hmm. head. So you feel like you've got some control, yes. but you don't know what's going to happen. I think that's what was, it's exciting, but it's scary. Okay. So this is so interesting, the panic plan, because Throughout our coaching, this was like a theme, like that was like an undercurrent for you. (laughs) You would be, first of all, actually, should we start by talking like, what was your panic plan, would you say, that like you were making? I don't know. I think I was probably like putting a lot of my pressure on a first collection. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Which I think is like, I wouldn't advise because it's then really hard to live up to that expectation so I think maybe I was like I get the first collection out there and that that money will make the second you know so I was Mm. almost like working very I don't know like day by day you know Mm. like I needed one thing to happen to make the next thing happen Mm. and I think actually it's better to look at things a bit more long term than that because otherwise you really set yourself like short goals yeah totally and it's like I feel like your panic plan was like, oh, I'm going to try this business, but like, I'm just going to go back to my full-time job. Like if anything yeah. doesn't work, then I'm just like going to eject and I'm going to go back. It's fine. <laughs> it never happened. <laughs> like, I'm so glad. And then it's like, oh God, you just said something so interesting that I totally forgot. What you said about, you're like, oh, this collection is going to be the one. Like, this is the thing that's mm. going to like make all the income, do all the things. And it's going to make the next collections after that. And it's kind of funny because if you think about any learning any other skill, if you took like 
thought about like sales and marketing as like an actual skill that you have to learn. There's very Mm. few things in life where we'll be like, okay, I'm going to go into YouTube. I'm going to watch this video and I'm going to do this dance and it's going to be perfect the first time. Yeah. But in our business, we're like, yeah, like that's definitely going to happen for me. It's going to work. And then it creates this like, as you get near to it, like, and if you have a panic plan, what actually starts happening is instead of believing in like the good things that could occur, you mm. end up spending a lot of time and energy, like preparing the panic plan, like preparing for the worst thing to happen just in case, because you've put so much pressure on it being perfect and being the one. Yeah, 100%. What would you say was your biggest mindset or confidence shifts in terms of getting your brand launched and getting your website launched and things like that? Mm. I think there was definitely, it's hard to do like just one. I think believing that my story is special and like people want to hear it and relating that to the way that I want to hear other people's stories you know it's interesting and if you believe that for yourself in the same way you'd believe it for other people I think that's like a really important shift and then it you don't feel so like you're nagging people (laughs) when you're trying to share you actually feel like it's like a, a fair exchange they're listening and you're sharing and it's like a mutual thing mm-hmm. as opposed to me trying to say oh you know please listen I've, <laughs> I've got something to say can you listen <laughs> <laughs> can you just stop what you're doing there hi thanks <laughs> yeah <laughs> what would you say that uh, that way of thinking allowed you to do or achieve I think it was that alongside kind of the what you spoke a lot about is you know like showing up now for the way that you kind of envision you would be doing when maybe you had a thousand followers Mm. or you'd sold something already or you're a year down the line and you've kind of you've hit milestones that's proven to yourself that this is good I think you've got to show up like that before they've even happened Mm. which is really like really hard you have to dig deep and you have to get used to it like you have to practice it until it kind of becomes just the way that you're doing it but I think it at first it's a real I suppose it's putting you out of your comfort zone and it's that feeling of like oh uncomfortableness but but the more you do it the more that feeling becomes more like an an energy that you can create for yourself I love that this is so interesting because I was speaking to a friend yesterday and she had just set a big goal for herself. And she was like, I feel so terrible, so scared. Like my brain is going crazy. It's saying all these things. And I was mm. just like, hold on. Like you've set this big goal and you're wanting it to be easy, comfortable and nice. You're mm. thinking that like this big goal is going to be just like the same as like walking to Tesco's and like make a lasagna tonight for dinner. And it's like, <laughs> can you be okay with the discomfort of your like your brain being like, what do you mean? I'm supposed to act as if it's already happened Mm. like our brains are like so trained to like wait for the validation of we see the money in our bank account and then we can believe that we can do it but creating that energy like for ourselves it's like it's the I feel like it's the most sustainable way to do a business because you're not waiting for anything else that you can just create this like infinite amount of energy and yeah it's the universe coming in really yeah and I think that then attracts people you know that's like contagious that kind of energy and when you're doing it from a place where it's not genuine like you're not actually putting yourself out there in the way that you should be I just think it it shows through 
and then people and then it's like a vicious cycle in a way yeah totally so this week you've had your photo shoot this is a really yeah. sharp change of direction because <laughs> <But laughs> I, I know you're really excited but I, so I yeah. really wanted to catch up and hear about your experience of doing that because I take it you've been on many photo shoots but this is the first one where it was like you're investing your time your money you're really being big on yourself hiring a photographer and a model and all of the things so what was that experience like for you yeah it was really really nice and as soon as I started planning it I was kind of like really got a mojo about it like I was because I did used to plan the shoots in my old job Mm. so I was like I knew what was what and I love kind of that organizing and getting the team in place and like lots of moving parts I love those challenges Mm. but then I you'd get to the point where you had to pay and I'd be like wow it's my it's my card yeah. <laughs> like I'm gonna pay. can I just get some company's <laughs> card maybe I still have those details on file like <laughs> so I think I was definitely you know inspired by everything that you talk about and that I've taken on board of like you need to do those big actions mm. to get those big results and I think also it was kind of saying yes this is a collection that is worthy of this photo shoot Mm. you know yes this is a professional collection you know because I was really feel not that there's anything wrong with this but I personally was really sick of photographing everything in my living room like Mm. I was feeling like I got into you know it was becoming a blocker like I, I was and because I'm working from home and it's been locked down and all of that I felt like it was really important for me to do something that would be a milestone and I would feel like I'd invested and was really proud of like the high quality results. So I think it would have been the kind of thing that was easier not to do. You know, I could have said, I'm going to do this when I've sold more clothes and then I'll put that money towards a photo shoot. But then the photo shoot's going to help sell the clothes. Mm. So you've got to take those steps. Yeah. And again, it comes back to that acting as if like, Mm. or in the coaching, I call it like the point B thinking, like Mm. acting as if you're at your point B or at your goal and your destination. And it's kind of like, the thing is, if you knew your collection would sell, and I mean this to anyone listening, you would do that thing. You would do the photo shoot. Like it'll be no question. And it's like, I do trust yourself to show up to do what is required to make it sell. It's not that the photo shoot just on its own will exist. And like, that will be the thing that sells. It's like, Mm. do you have the energy to like, see it all the way through from the photo shoot to anything that you do on Instagram to promote your brand? It's like building really that trust and integrity of saying like, this is the level that we're playing at. Yeah, this is the level that I'm going to show up as. Yeah, like I've just raised the bar. Yes, (laughs) exactly. That's so cool. And it is such a great feeling. And I think, you know, I definitely could have been like organized that shoot from more of a place of worry, like about Mm. the money and all. But then I kind of just decided, like I planned the money and obviously I worked to a budget, but then I just decided, you know what, I'm going to spend this money and then I'm not going to think about it. I'm just going to enjoy it. I'm going to really enjoy the day. I'm going to make the most out of it because the result will be the same of getting the photographs I could either go through the whole thing worrying or go through it and like embrace this and celebrate it as my first photo shoot yeah 
And it's like such a process, like building a mm. business is such a, like a gorgeous process. And if you think about, like we've spoken about this, like where will your brand be in like five mm. or 10 years? And it's kind of just like, do you want to get to the five year mark completely exhausted, burn out, feeling like you haven't achieved? Or are you going to get there being like, oh my God, like that was my first photo shoot. I had no idea what was in store for me. Like, look at all the amazing things that happened after. And like, can we really trust and enjoy that process? Because you're probably going to be yeah. doing this for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What advice would you give to yourself right at the beginning? What advice would you give to your past self starting mm. and launching her business? I think it took me ages to realise I was going to have to invest in myself and as a person and my personal skills. You know, I had money from my redundancy, which is what I've invested in the brand. Mm. So I was working to like a budget of sorts. And I thought there were so many things I knew I'd need to spend my money on. And I didn't really have a problem with spending the money on, you know, physical things, fabric, sewing machine, you know, that kind of thing. They were non-negotiables. But Mm. when it came to myself, it was like I would, if someone had told me I was going to pay for coaching sessions, I would have been like, absolutely not. That's a total luxury. Who do I think I am? (laughs) And I think I caused myself, I mean, it's something you have to go through, isn't it? But I went through those months of getting to that place where I was like, actually, it is the best money I'll spend investing in myself because you have to be the driving force behind everything. And that's a huge realisation. I mean, you kind of know it when you go into it. You know it's going to be loads of work and all of this stuff, but it's experiencing it that really makes you know it. You know, there's no point having all of these fabrics and seamstresses lined up and all of that if if I can't drive it all forward. Mm. So actually, it is a lot about you as a person. So I think really valuing my mindset and my skills and my energy and not feeling bad for investing in that and prioritizing that. Mm. What do you think made you not prioritize it in the beginning? Because you said that like when you first started, you were like, oh my God, that's like such a total luxury. But the sewing machine was like a non-negotiable. What do you Mm. think is about it that we do like put it to the side, put it to the back burner? We're like, oh, Mm. you know, I'll do that one day when I get like really rich, I'll have a coach. It'd be so nice. Like, what do you think that was for you? I don't know. I think it's like, it's a really bad society kind of thing, isn't it? I think Mm. it's a bit like you should be able to do it by yourself. I think I am very independent and I am quite also like the way that I have been with this business, particularly at the start and the way that I was when I was doing my collections at uni, I kind of like close off and like scurry away working behind the scenes. And they just show everyone a finished collection. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of how I've always worked. I like, and in some ways it's good, like for creativity. I don't want everybody's opinions. You know, I don't want everybody's two pence. Like, and I think that's where it comes from about wanting to be independent in that way. But then there's some things that, you know, you have to have help with. Mm. And I think it took me a while to realize that and to realize that you know it's it is just money well spent and it is and I also thought probably once I'd already started the sessions and they were so useful even if this business I don't know whatever will happen even if in five years I'm not doing this anymore and I'm doing something else this has been such great skills for me as a person for whatever Mm. I do Mm. breach (laughs) 
like literally like I feel like the skills that I've learned about business I've literally applied them to roller skating and I'm like loving it like now I'm learning to roller skate so it's like exactly the same thing it's like you take you take your brain and you wherever you go and you Mm. get to choose where you go and what you do with it and what you apply it to Mm. and your whole world opens up once you learn how to use your brain learn how to use your thoughts and your emotions and like choose who you want to be yeah so good what do you think the future of Katrina and Ree looks like Mm. for you oh (laughs) (laughs) love this question um I think I'm really excited about hopefully one day in the future being able to go and work somewhere outside of my house yeah so whether that's like a little studio or whatever and to be able to invite like a um team of people you know not like a team of full-time staff but to be able to work with other professionals on my business I find that it's like a definite goal you know when I'm just at home and I'm sick of my four walls that's the kind of thing yeah that I like visualize and and you know think that 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 will come and in terms of um the brand and the clothes and I cannot wait to see real people wearing them that really really excites me you know to think so now I've designed like a range of summer dresses and I keep thinking all of the adventures that these are going to go on oh, I <laughs> like love the that. picnics or you know out for dinner or someone's birthday it's so exciting to think that things are going to happen without me I think yeah. I find that really really inspiring and it's almost like you hidden away with the sewing machine was like the start <laughs> of all of that happening which is yeah, mad exactly. to think about yeah I want to thank you so much for coming on the show it's been so fun to talk to you I want to thank you when you asked me you were like would you like to be in the podcast I was like yes (laughs) (laughs) I always listen to this podcast so it's been really really special oh amazing I have one more question for you before you go Mm -hmm. okay two more questions but this is like the real one more question Okay. And I ask this to all of my guests. It's a really fun one. Bit of a wild mm. card. If everything you've achieved, like the slate was totally cleared, wiped away, it was burnt down, and you had to start all of a, over again, but you could only mm. take three tools with you. They could be mindset lessons. They could be physical, actual tools. They could be people. It could be anything. But you're only allowed three to rebuild mm. or to create something new. Which three things would you take with you? My God, so tricky. I think definitely the first like mindset one would be, I don't know if it, if you would say this is the, is it like the theory of like attracts like? Is this what you would say it is? This idea that if you open yourself up to like opportunities and start focusing on what will go right instead of what could go wrong, then you really, like this is a big thing that I've noticed. You just notice things and you Mm. connect with people and it sounds silly like when I heard people talking about that I was like no you don't what are you (laughs) what are you saying but it is so true like if you're just for example scrolling Instagram in a really positive place of like today's been great you know my brand is killing it and then somebody is asking for collaborations you're going to reply to that story and Mm. say like how about me this is what I'm doing and then also almost not worry about the response like you've put it out there yeah and if it's supposed to happen it will happen 
Whereas before I probably would have seen that story and been like, oh, I'm not ready. Actually, let's research the magazine. Maybe it's not the right price point. Maybe da, 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 da. And giving myself such a headache about it. (laughs) So I think when you have, when you're like operating from that place of good things are going to happen, you almost like notice all of the good things that could happen, if that makes sense. Mm. Totally. I obviously I love that because I'm like <laughs> mindset is like everything. What are your other two pe- things that you would take with you? I don't know if I'm allowed to have this one because it's not very specific. Because I have podcasts. <laughs> you could have podcasts, like a gen, like podcasts. Yes. Yeah, because I think working by yourself, and especially if I'm sewing or you know doing something physical where I can like switch off my brain a little bit. Mm-hmm. Podcasts have literally got me through from a point of learning things, but even just, I think, you know, it's like company, isn't it? So Mm. I do think I am a big podcast lover. (laughs) Like, I have to say, like, one of the reasons that kept this podcast going even was the fact that I've learned so much and like gained so Mm. much from other people's podcasts. Like, I literally feel like there's podcasts that I point to and I'm like, oh yeah, that changed my life. That saved my life. That helped me do this. That episode helped me achieve that. Like, I'm so with you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I'll have podcasts then. And then the third one's really hard. I think, I don't know how to, how this would be like in a physical thing, but it took me ages to realise that my love of thrifting and charity shops and secondhand could be mixed with like a luxury fashion product Mm. I went so around the houses to get to that (laughs) that like um realization I always thought my love for vintage and things had to be quite separate from designing like a really fashion forward and contemporary product and then realizing that I can source these amazing secondhand fabrics like for example the dresses have been like some of them have been made from bed sheets yeah and so if I could have options to get my hand on vintage fabrics, <laughs> that would be one as well. I think it's like what that actually is, is like the idea that they could work together and be mm. successful. Mm. Why do you think? I know this is the ending, but now I'm like, what <laughs> What was it that took so long for you to like get to that arrival? Because now you do it, it seems so like natural to you like when you talk about and I hear about your process you're like oh yeah of course you take this and you do this but what was it do you think that made it like so that took so long for you to get to that point yeah it is funny because it does seem obvious now because I've literally shopped secondhand for myself forever like Mm -hmm. since I was a teenager um I think it's that fashion when we're at uni and when you're working for a brand it can be quite snobby and I think you know it's all about like the luxury fabrics and everything's new. And it's, I think it's great that a shift is happening, that we understand that, you know, secondhand and vintage doesn't mean like grubby. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not getting some kind of horrible worn men's shirt and just sewing it together and it like smells. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> like it is so different. I think it's that kind of preconception is even though I didn't have that for myself because I was wearing a lot of secondhand, um, and I knew that I wanted the product to be really high-end and well-made and like really kind of crafted in that very like luxury way. And that mm. felt like a, almost a separate category from being able to use 
fabrics that have had like another life. And it was really me having to go through thinking about how important it is for me to use fabrics that have like a less um, impact on the environment and me thinking you know what fabrics might they be well obviously it's the ones that already exist because there's nothing we can do about those they already exist and I think if I didn't have that love for sustainability and to try and do things in a better way then I probably would never have put the two together. It's so interesting how it's like your business that is going to create so many gorgeous things. A studio, so you're not working from home and a team of people was created out of the things that came so naturally to you, out of mm. you showing up and being yourself. And yeah. by you being you, you're not forcing anything, you're not adding anything, you're not like manipulating yourself or in any way. By you being you, you're creating a business that's going to change the world really mm. and change and have such a big impact so I want to thank you for being bold enough to jump on this journey because we do need more business owners like you who have this vision who have this thing about them that they're like hey I'm interested in this and this and this like I wonder if it could work and mm. I always say that small businesses are changing the world and I feel like it seems so far-fetched but you are actually evidence of that being true Oh, Kyra, the way you say everything is so lovely. <laughs> and there's like a little pep talk for me. Yeah, like a little bit of extra coaching. <laughs> I'll take it. I love that. So where can people find you if they want to get in touch, if they want to see what you're doing and little, play a little bit of I Spy? Yeah, definitely. So on Instagram, I'm at Katrina underscore Ray underscore. And my website is katrina.re so it's very easy <laughs> to remember and um, you can drop me a dm or email me at hello at katrina.re i think i never have to say that <laughs> um <laughs> i think that is it and yeah would love to hear from anybody so and definitely send me a message Thank you so much. Please let Katrina know how much you enjoyed her spending her time on this episode. <laughs> and yeah, take care, everyone. And I'll speak to you soon. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you're going to want to get in touch to Coach With Me one-on-one. We take all of these concepts and materials, apply them to your brain and your business so we can get you to your next level. Join me by going to www.kyramatthews.com forward slash next level. That's www.kyramatthews.com forward slash next level to get your space to coach with me one-on-one. I can't wait to see you there.